Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host today, Frankie Corcoran. Uh, it's uh, great to be here today on this lovely, lovely uh, winter day. We are slowly, slowly uh, inching towards the end of uh, the end of winter. Hopefully, hopefully soon anyway, because I can't take one more day of this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got a really good show today for you here. Um, for those of you watching the, the video version, do not mind this crooked, this crooked ass sign. <laughs> every time i uh i set it up a certain way and then the the bottom of the stand started to slide out and now it's tipped but um you know it's fine you guys just listen to these anyway um <laughs> and i need a bigger space i need a, a much much bigger space so um oh it's fine it's fine it's fine i would do this show even if i was in the sewer somewhere so that's just that's just my dedication to you guys and uh how passionate i am about this stuff um so i'm very excited to uh for uh for y'all to hear this episode today uh we are joined by mr stephen puddle he's been the artistic director of the performer theater in sackville uh, since uh, 2007 uh having directed and uh, acted in many shows over the years and um He's here today. He's going to talk a little bit about his experiences, um, some of his favorite plays, and um, he's also going to be uh, letting us know what is in store for uh, his company this coming season and uh, his shows and when uh, you can catch them. And um, also, I'll let you guys know that he is also looking for uh, some actors for uh, for a show that we will talk about uh, in this episode. So uh, stay tuned for that and some more details to come. Um, and so we will also be discussing uh, what exactly makes a good play and also um, what are some of the standout performances that we've seen in movies over the last couple of years. It was recently the Oscar nominations were uh, just recently came out. So um We'll be uh, we'll be uh, discussing that a little bit at length, and um, yeah. So thank you all for joining us today. It's great. It, it's great to be here, guys. It really is. And uh, you know, we've been. This is episode seven now. Um, I'm just so honored that we're, we're we're still doing this. And I mean, like you know, obviously, I mean things are things are um, things might be a little. I mean, like here we are. We're still doing this in my bedroom, so things might be looking like this for now. I don't, and, um, but hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm hoping soon that we'll be able to start doing some more in-person episodes and it's just a matter of working around, you know, COVID and all the stuff like that. And it's just, uh, if I hear that word one more time, I'm going to puke, even though it's hard to avoid, <laughs> it's hard to avoid just that word. Um, but yeah, so enjoy the show guys. It's, it's good. It's a good one. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran. And uh, here we are today. We are joined by uh, the artistic director of the Performers Theatre Company in Sackville, uh, New Brunswick, uh, which is none other than Mr. Stephen Puddle. Stephen, how are you today? Hello. Good. Doing well. Very nice to meet you. And uh, I, I mean, um, we've been kind of talking a lot online a little bit, uh, you know, I think probably since around the summertime. So, I mean, like, yes. you know, even though we're not meeting in person, this is just as good. So we appreciate you taking time out of your uh, busy schedule. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. So uh, tell me, uh, or, or like, a, you know, um, we talked a little bit about uh, yourself uh, uh, before the show, but feel free tell the audience. Uh, like, so uh, the Performers Theater Company in Sackville, you're the artistic director. Uh, how long has it been in business? How long have you been on board with it? How long have you been on with theater, uh, like just in general? Yeah. Feel free to delve into. Sure. Well, um, the theater company began in 2007. So we're up to what 14th, 15th year now. Um, and we be I began it when I was working at the university um, and began it as a university club. But I wanted to also see townspeople in the play. So there were kind of two motivations for begin of it, beginning it. One of it was to see students and local uh, people come together uh, for theatre. And the other one was that within the town where we are, none of the other theatre companies except just occasionally would do uh, plays sort of from the modern classic realm. A lot of them were maritime plays, which was fine. Um, there were plenty of musicals happening. And uh, the theatre programme at Mount Allison University, they consistently had plays through the year. Um, but there seemed to be a bit of a, a gap, and I'm really big on uh, modern classics. So the likes of George Bernard Shaw, Noel Coward. Um, Any Neil the, Simon or? Yeah, Neil yeah. Simon, all the uh, ones that uh, were in many ways pioneers in uh, their writing and uh, what they achieved. So we began, uh, our first show was Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. And uh, it, it was, went, went down very well. We actually did it in the parlour of Marshlands Inn, which is an historic inn uh, here in Sackville. Oh, okay. And uh, I, it was part of the university for, oh, it would have been three years, three and a half years. And then uh, I was overseas for a year and came back and we began, to, I left my job at the university. And so we moved it into a place of being Sackville's community theatre. Uh, the town um, doesn't have one. And there were different, uh, as I said, there were some theatre companies, but they, uh, one was kind of a professional company and, and also what was coming out of the university. And for a few years, about four years maybe, in the summer, uh, high school students uh, got together and began creating summer shows. Um, and so we just slotted into this place of community theatre and we've been going ever since. And we've done all kinds of shows. Uh, Toad of Toad Hall, um, Enchanted April. Uh, we've done Canadian. We've done international uh, Norm Foster, or we haven't done any of his yet, but I'm oh, sure he's we, really good. Love Norm I'm Foster. Sure we will. Yes, I've read. I've read his work. Um, we did a Canadian play called The Elephant Song. Um, who wrote that one? Sorry, uh, who wrote that one? The Canadian. The um, oh gosh, who wrote it now? <laughs> so many. I can't remember his name. Um, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Um, yeah, just uh, excellent play. And I think for me, I've come, I came from New Zealand to live in Canada. And so a lot of my roots in theatre were more British because oh, okay. of um, 
the British influence in New Zealand theatre for many years before New Zealand began to get their own identity in theatre. And um, so that was kind of where my sensibility was. So coming to Canada and then slowly starting to see what Canadian playwrights there were and realizing there were just some incredibly talented people. Um, I thought, wow, there's, there's a huge storehouse here. And um, we did uh, Wendy Little, she's a playwright from Nova Scotia. Uh, we did her play, The Fighting Days, which was about women suffragettes in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so quite diverse. No, well, there we go. So that's quite the branched out from sort of the modern classics into a wider range of plays now. Okay, well, there, look at that. So you've been in the game. So it's been how long? 2007, I think that's it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, that's been um, that's that's yeah. quite the that's quite the journey you've been on for sure. Um, so how has COVID affected all this? I mean, like you know, of course, COVID's been a big big um, obstacle for theater as of late i mean how have you guys managed that how has it affected it are things starting to pick up now now that they, things are are looking up a little bit yeah they definitely are now we actually began performing last year uh and um I'd, i had actually been down to saint john and had seen two plays by saint john players theater company and oh, okay um, uh, realized what could be done uh, within the confines of the COVID rules. So we were going, we had started rehearsals on a play for uh, November 2019. We had to cancel our June show, uh, but then New, New Brunswick went into uh, a more strict level and we had to cancel the rehearsals in the show. By the time we got through to 2020, um, following all the rules, we were able to do a show in May. And then we did, excuse me, we did a what was supposed to be an outdoor show uh, for children and families in August. But it was so hot in August, uh, <laughs> we had to move the show indoors. <laughs> <laughs> oh no like never underestimate the heat oh my oh, gosh I, I mean like you know it's so cold up here now now I'm, yeah. I'm just ready to I'm ready to go back to summer and then once summer comes I'm going to be like okay let's go back to yes, winter <laughs> exactly well we ended up inside for all the whole run and then we did a show at the end of last year uh, uh October November uh called the book of uh darkness and light and that was a British play um so we last year was really where we took off again and this year we have three shows planned. So it okay. affected us to a certain degree. And uh, I certainly spent a lot of time going through all the regulations um, and they weren't easy to work. No, God, like you're, you're like trying to find even like the slightest or like smallest oh, loophole. Exactly. And the thing that just astounded me on the government website is you got into uh, the section that listed all kinds of various art forms. So they had uh, karaoke, they had mm -hmm. stand-up comedy, they had orchestras. So they had all these things and, and then it would tell you what the rules were. They didn't have one for theater. Oh, really? That's, and that's what it was like around here too. I mean, like, you know, the school district was always, I mean, like, you know, like, one of the main venues here in, in uh, Miramichi uh, is in a high school auditorium. Mm -hmm. And so it was always about like, you know, we had to, uh, uh, you know, 
guy with fo- the fo- follow those rules yes. and we're like okay we can do a show but we can't do it in the school so that was just a real it was so oh, complicated yeah. just trying to find yeah. somewhere to do something you know what i mean i'm like i'm better off just open up a theater in my basement like you know yes exactly. <laughs> well we had to piece together the regulations uh from uh the the rules for orchestras the rules hmm. for karaoke and the rules for stand-up comedy because there was nothing specifically designated for theater i couldn't believe it which is crazy because there's so many ways you could work around it you could do like a one like a two-person show you can do a well, three-person yeah. show where they're all spread out you know well, what yeah, i mean like exactly. you would think- and i mean there's so much theater in new brunswick and to go to the website and find no reference to what can be done in theater was astounding anyway we worked it out and we knew what we had to do and so it was fine we socially distanced the audience and uh, but by the time we'd got to last year um, things of course had improved and so we go forward this year um, with uh, less uh, of the regulations though we do just need to run through them again um, to to see has have they changed anything or what are they doing it's just so hard to keep track of them now because like, yeah. <laughs> they're changing all the time. And I mean, speaking of uh, of a COVID, I mean, like, you know, uh, does it kind of make you a little irritated when you see how like, um, oh, OK, we can't do theater. We can't do anything like that. But you see sports. They're finding ways to make it work. Oh, yes. Like you find like I, I, I'm like, you know, is there a bit of like, you know, resentment towards sports well, and stuff like that because of that? You're like, damn, like we can do a, a play. <laughs> We're willing to do follow all the rules. Well, but they won't the, let us. But meanwhile, sports, they can do it. You know, like what yeah. uh, what has that been like for you? Well, it's the the inequality of it all, isn't it? It was like, you know, stores had to close, but liquor stores could stay open. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, well, that's... the government obviously needs its money because, you know, it was almost going bankrupt a few years think, ago. Yeah. So and that was the dichotomy. It was um, it was hypocritical, really um the what worked for one but it wouldn't work for someone else and um so we just we did the best we could and uh pushed forward anyway and found that we could do what we were doing and just went forward no well there you go and that's really all all you can do though you know what i mean so that's um that's that's uh i I mean like things change so much and you're just trying to you know work with what you can but then also it gets really hard in the head you know um but is there any play i mean like you know obviously you've been doing this for for many years now is there a a play that you look back on like whether you know like you acted in it or directed in it that you look back and you're like that's it that's the one if that was to define my career or like your favorite show you know what i mean like what would you consider that to be and feel free to yeah well, that's hard because um, we've just been we've been really successful, and we've we've garnered over those years a lot of support from the community um, because we've had a few shows like that that you know people would come up to us afterwards, and often um, I would search out or email theatre people, mm. uh, people that were professionals, and say, okay, what's what did you think? Um, what's our standard? And um, and the uh, response was always uh, excellent, and uh, that we really had caught something. We'd, we'd fulfilled a need within Sackville, and uh, I've worked in amateur and professional theatre uh, most of my life. So my uh, 
my goal in coming to the performance theatre company was to do the best productions that we could do and not settle for um, sort of the amateur look. Um, so that was kind of my goal. And so I suppose, well, our first production really, uh, the importance of being earnest has always been a favourite. And that uh, certainly cemented in the minds of a number of people, influential people in our community who uh, we had specifically invited to that first show. Um, that cemented uh, almost like an approval to keep going forward because the response was, this is great. Uh, and so we did the points of being earnest again at our 10-year anniversary. Oh, okay. And I had the chance to play Lady Bracknell, and that was uh, a great moment for me. Uh, Lady Bracknell is an amazing role, and the tradition in theatre through the years has been a man often plays the role, and David Suchet uh, had just played it on the London stage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean... Gosh, who else has played it? Uh, Jeffrey Rush, the Australian actor. Oh, um, uh, Barbosa in Parts of the Caribbean, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's a that's jack right. of all trades in, in acting. Yeah, exactly. So that was our tenth, uh, our tenth year uh, production. We we did some others as well, but so that has always been um, a, a great love, and and it proved to be again successful. I suppose if I look to some shows that, because um, basically, if, if I don't like the play as the artistic director, we don't do it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, what I say goes, it's my way or the exactly. highway, you know? <laughs> so um, so I've, I've loved all of our shows, but some plays that were perhaps defining moments for us uh, would be the first play. But at the end of uh, 2000 and 19 we did the play the elephant song and that was our first show uh, with a very serious theme uh, it was about a young man uh, who had uh, quite severe um, mental instability and it was a look at him manipulating people around him to try and get what he wanted um, and the, all sorts of twists and turns um, but that kind of play, we, we looked at it and um, uh, there's a lot of bad language in it and we hadn't ever done one like that. So we thought, well, okay, we're over 10 years now and we've got a strong following. Let's do this. And it had standing ovations every night. So uh, wow. that was a defining moment for us in the sense that we can again uh, broaden even further the kind of productions that we would look at doing. Because uh, for a number of years, it was just modern classics and they tended to be more the lighthearted uh, with comedy, um, but also maybe some seriousness. The Dresser was uh, one play that we did, uh, which has been done by a number of the great actors on stage and in film. And that's comedy, but it also has a really serious side. So this play though uh yeah it, it just opened up our borders as far as uh feeling like we can look at a whole variety of of plays yeah and i mean 
sometimes that's just the way to be. I mean, I, I'm like, you know, like uh, sometimes you have to take some of those risks if you're like, okay, I want to do this show really, really bad, but is it going to go over very well? Exactly. Or I mean, like, you know, you also, you know, take all that, uh, you know, like financially take yeah. that into consideration, but then you also mm-hmm. think like, you know, well, you know, maybe it could succeed. So, I mean, like, you know, it really just depends on how big of a risk you want to take, you know, money wise or like, you know, we have a, I mean, we have a board, very good board of directors. So um, even though I'm the artistic director, I will still with, with plays that might be a little bit controversial, I will, you know, share it with them and say, what do you think? And the interesting thing was, is I didn't know how they would react to this play and all of them, I think, yeah, all of the ones on the board said, yes, let's do it. It's time we did something like that. So so it was like, phew. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it'd be like, you know, if if for years someone's doing just all straight plays and stuff like that, and then after a certain point, they're like, you know, we should try a musical, you know what I mean, and get some musical theater going, because that's really the big thing. What's your opinion on musicals? Have you done musicals or? No, no, we we haven't, um, simply because, well, two reasons. I wanted us to stick to uh, straight, what I call straight theater, um, because musicals were already happening in the town. Uh, So it wouldn't be fulfilling a gap uh, within uh, the Sackville community or the, the Tantramar region. But also you come into a whole new set of challenges when you're going to do a musical. So it's not just a director with his cast, it's a director with his, uh, it's a musical director, it's a, a choreographer, it's an uh, orchestra, or you've got to have an orchestra and record it and then use can music for the show. Uh, you've got to have not just actors, but also singers. So it brings in a whole different level. And uh, even though we've grown tremendously over the years, um, I'm not prepared to to quite go there yet. And because, as I say, it's being offered in the town anyway. No, there we go. And I mean, like, you know, also financially, too. I mean, like, you know, you're, you're oh, paying yes. the rights to the to every song. And like, exactly. you know what I mean, it just yeah. it all adds up at the end. So, I mean, like, you know, not that not that it wouldn't be a success, but I mean, no, that's right. And if we have to, if we have to bring professionals on board, like uh, uh, a musical director or whatever, and we have done that in the past, to have to bring more than one is beyond our budget. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) No, well, there you go. Just space it out, you know. (laughs) So uh, you you've um, you've acted and directed. Yes. So how would you compare both of those experiences too? I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, have you done more directing than acting or is it about the same or? Um, It's I've probably acted more over the past years before I came to Sackville. Um, I directed a a couple of very large productions, uh, one in Toronto and one in New Zealand. Um, And I had done small stuff, but a lot of my years, my formative years were in acting and also um, uh, dance theatre. I was involved in that for a few years. Um, So, but coming here to Sackville, it's probably still more directing, but I've been in maybe five shows, uh, six shows, uh, and I don't like directing and being in a show. So I think, it can be challenging too. Oh, like is. you're trying to manage everybody else. And then mm-hmm. you're also like, Oh shit, I have my lines. I got to learn too. That's right. <laughs> and it's difficult. I, I find uh, I, I can either lose perspective on, of the show as a whole, or I don't have a, an outside voice being able to tell me um, how, how I'm doing in my role. 
So yeah, so it's either acting or directing pretty much now. Uh, so yeah, mo um, I, I direct most of the plays, uh, but we're bringing in new directors now, and uh, which is great because it relieves the pressure off me. And also because we've gone from two shows a year to three shows a year. Um, so I like both and they're both very different. For me, directing is being able to achieve my creative ideas uh, and see them uh, out there on stage. For me as an actor, it means me going inwards and bringing to life something uh, or a role that uh, really interests me, uh, that I would find challenging and dynamic. So one's kind of very much out there and seeing it. And the other one is what can I achieve in the work that I do within myself to bring that role to life. No, exactly. Well, there you go. And uh, I mean, there's always pros and cons to each one. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was actually talking to my, uh, my uh, uh, high school drama club director and uh, he's directed musicals and straight plays. And uh, he, they're definitely both two different experiences and yes. i mean like you know there's definitely pros and cons of each like one's more challenging like you know so i mean like it's but i mean you know it, if you got the passion you got the dedication you know what i mean you can make anything work you know yeah. so um and uh as an artistic director um what would you say are like uh, some uh, i mean like you know so like when you're choosing a show what are like the qualities that you're or, or like or like um uh, key elements to a script that are like necessary like sure. uh, so if you're looking through a script you're like no that doesn't work or uh yeah that works but that doesn't work so like what what are you always uh looking for when you're looking uh at a certain show to do uh first of all is how well the script is written and within the writing how well is the plot developed uh, so uh, that's one of the things that i look for um, we have certain limitations. We have a studio in which we uh, perform, uh, but we have begun also hiring the uh, main, uh, the, the Motier Fancy Theatre on Mount Allison University's campus, which allows us to do a bigger show. Oh, okay. So, which is generally two shows in our studio, and, and uh, this year will be our second one uh, in the university. The last two years, of course, we had to change that. Um, so uh, numbers, how many are needed in the cast, that's a consideration. How complicated the set will be. Uh, we've been blessed in the last, oh gosh, five years, six years, with amazing uh, set uh, builder. And now we've got some new ones. He's away at the moment, but he'll be back for um, our, our uh, summer show and our uh, fall show. So that's been really good. So we've been able to expand the, the kind of show that we would do as far as the set goes, but that is a consideration. So if, uh, like, I read, a, I just was reading a script recently, and I had read part of it a while ago, and it, <laughs> it required a water wheel. <laughs> it was a very rustic house, uh, and it's actually a comedy uh, murder mystery. Oh, okay. And, but part of the set was this water wheel. <laughs> And when I first began reading it, and I thought, oh, it's got potential, and we got through, and then I thought, oh, gosh, a water wheel. <laughs> no way. This but went that, like, hey, you know, you know, this is pretty easy, and then the water wheel, like, well, shit, like, we got <laughs> to go out to the drawing board. Yes, I think he did put in there how to do it without the water wheel. Um, but that's actually an interesting play, because when I was doing a second reading of it just recently, it's a very... Um, it's a very 
uh, convoluted script. It's it's not bad, but it's you have to be really, really focusing to actually understand what's going on. Because at one moment, there are actors in a play being directed by an actor who's the, playing the director. Okay. <laughs> and then the rest of the time, they're acting out the play for the audience. And they do this crossing backwards and forwards. And at times, you've really got to, to focus. And so when I was looking at that, I got to this point, And after the end of, was it Act 2? I thought, I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> So I just put it down. I just put it down. So um, yeah, um, those would probably be the the main criteria. Uh, obviously, the theme of the play. Uh, I would read some plays, and I would think, no, that's just not us as a theatre company, um, or that I don't think that would appeal to our audience. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose that's probably the the main things that we look at that I look at. Okay, well there we go. Um, you uh, you mentioned like 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 a um, how many people in a cast? What's the biggest uh, uh, play you've done in terms of like ha uh, uh, how many people in the cast? And what what's your take on on like you know like uh, like like a, what's your limit? I guess. <laughs> um, I th the most we've had was eleven, eleven or twelve, I think. Um, so if I had to do an average through the um, 14 years, 15 years would probably be around seven as our average. Oh, okay. Um, but we've done with casts as low as two, uh, as uh, cast with three, but 11 or 12 is our biggest cast. And I probably wouldn't go over that. We have a bit of a challenge coming up in November and the play that we're doing, um, it's a cast of nine, but eight of them have to be men. Oh, okay. So only one woman. So when I was reading this and thinking, oh, I really like this, and this is it, uh, touching on some important issues, but in the back of my mind was getting eight men. Okay. So I began counting up in my hand <laughs> all my regular actors and then pushed it a bit further and thought, who else could I rope in for some of the really small roles? Because there is there are a couple of just you know, three, four lines, and that's it. Um, so I think we'll be get there, but eight eight men is a is a big ask. <laughs> it must be a bit of a uh, maybe a bit frustrated if there's a certain script that you're like, okay, I really, really want to do this. I really, really want to do this, but crap, I don't have enough people for. It'd be like if yeah. you were doing, let's say, like uh, Little Women or something like that. Yeah. Crap, I don't have any women in my cast, and I want to do this play so well, bad. Exactly. So that's got to get frustrating too. Yeah. Is there a certain point where you're like, okay, I I want to do the script, but I don't have the people for it. Like, do I just wait, or do I do it with who I got, or how would you manage yeah. that? I've done that, and I've just thought, okay, I'm going to do this, and somehow we're going to find the actors. <laughs> so we've never not done a play because of uh, not being able to find the cast. Uh, so we, some of them, at our book, uh, at the show we did at the end of last year, The Book of Darkness and Light, required a young uh, teenage, sort of late teens uh, actor, a female who was also a ballet dancer. And she, oh, had, okay. to be, she had to be a good quality ballet dancer. And we were up to, I think, two weeks before opening. Two weeks, yeah. And we still didn't have anyone. Oh. And so with that, at that point, we're then thinking, okay, how do we change the script? How do we alter this? 
and I'd been in touch with the uh, playwright for quite some months, and I knew that it, he would give us permission to, to make the changes. And then one of the cast said, I think I've got someone for you. Brought in this, this wonderful uh, student from Mount A, a beautiful dancer, um, just had incredible look for the role. And uh, she's now in our coming show and wants to audition for our summer show. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was an example of, oh, wow, that was really close. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, and uh, you, uh, you, you even mentioned that you're, that you're in touch with, with like the playwrights of the plays, you and stuff like that. That's gotta be so easy, eh? I mean, like, you know, because uh, if you're reading a certain script, uh, like uh, let's say you're doing a uh, Neil Simon show or a uh, George's Kaufman show, you're looking at it, you're like, so what did he mean by this line? Right. Well, we were so like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't always happen because of the fact you always work through a third party for the copyrights. Oh, um, okay, yeah. But when we did uh, Fighting Days with Wendy Lill, and then when we did this one, um, we were able to be backwards and forwards uh, with the playwright. And the the show that we did, uh, The Book of Darkness and Light, last year. The author is a British writer. He actually flew out for the opening night. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, the first two nights. He had never seen the show uh, done outside Britain and by a company outside of what he was involved with. And so, and also traditionally, the show was done as a one-man piece. With, oh, okay. Uh, one man and a violinist on stage. So I initially wrote to him, I said, we would like to do this as a full production. Um, how do you feel about that? And he was all for it. And he was an amazing guy. Um, his name is Adam Robinson. Oh, okay. And he was so obliging uh, to us to in the changes we needed to make in order to make it a full production. We kept the script pretty much as it was. We had to change a few uh, words that, would be known in Britain, but probably wouldn't be known to a Canadian audience. Um, anyway, it was a huge success and he loved it. And he saw the first two shows, he spoke with the cast, he um, did a playwriting workshop and the whole experience uh, was wonderful for, for all of us, yeah. Well, it's good. Like, great that they're so uh, accommodating. I, I mean, some people would, would, would it be, I mean, like, you know, uh, hey, like, you know, we want to change this part in the script because we don't have uh, a certain actor. No, no, no. Do it how we do it or or you can't do it kind exactly. of thing. So it's great that they're yeah. so accommodating and understanding. And we have had at times uh, um, with one Canadian playwright, uh, we did his show, wonderful show, one woman show. But his representative was the proverbial pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if he realized how what was happening because this guy was so difficult. And uh, I think, and then a friend of mine actually did this show, an actress in the UK, and she had a terrible run around with him. And I can't re think, remember whether it was her uh, or then another member of our company who ended up having him as a dramaturg for some of her scripts. And but somewhere along the line, the message got through to him and said, do you realize what's happening with this guy who represents you? <laughs> so you get that. And that's really difficult because it, it's, if you encounter that too much or too severely, you consider not doing the show. No, exactly. It just and becomes not the hard, you know, in that sense. It's this this in-between person. So, yeah.
Wow. Just... <laughs> it's definitely not uh, 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 not a job where it's all uh, sunshine and rainbows. Oh, no. Every day I mean, is great. We've, we've had a desire to do some plays, and when we've gone through to the copyright holder or to the author, they've refused us. And usually it's because they are thinking about bringing the play to Canada. So I, one was an American play, one was a British play. Um, so we were refused on two because they wanted to bring it to Canada, which we find really funny because <laughs> I don't think, you know, if they were going to bring it to Montreal or, or uh, Toronto or Vancouver uh, to some professional company there, I don't really think Sackville New Brunswick is a threat uh, to, to that <laughs> happening. And of course, the interesting thing is you keep an eye on theatre. None of those plays have been performed in Canada yet. And uh, we're talking from about three, three or four years ago. Um, oh, okay. So none of them have been brought to Canada yet. Wow. So, so it so, kind of makes you think they I guess they're not that interested in seeing their stuff performed. Um, if they keep it that tightly, um, keep the hold on it so tight. No, well, there you go. I mean, like, just depends, you know, I guess, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so um, uh, feel free to tell us now, uh, what projects are you doing uh, uh, this coming year? You guys got a pretty busy season ahead of you. Feel free to tell yeah. our audience, you know, if they're in the area, where yeah. can they catch you guys? <laughs> well, we have the Hound of the Baskervilles, uh, the uh, classic Sir Arthur Conan Doyle script from Britain, um, all about it's uh, Sherlock Holmes. Um, script and Hound of the Baskervilles was probably um, his most popular novel and so uh, we're bringing that to the stage in uh, the end of May for two weeks and then in the beginning of August we're doing uh, the spoof of the classic thriller The 39 Steps. Oh, okay. so the 39 Steps was uh, written back in the I think the 20s or 30s um, and then it was made into a movie. Alfred Hitchcock made it into a almost like a film noir movie. And I saw it in London six, seven years ago. Uh, this new script that had been done uh, uh, performed with four actors, and it's a spoof and a and a farce on the whole thing. And it was just brilliant. And so I bought the script. I began reading it and thought, wow, this is really complicated. <laughs> and I was reading and couldn't get my head around some of the action because uh, there's a lot of action. So I put it aside. And then last year I picked it back up again. And I guess um, my head was in a better space because I read it and thought, yes, this is what we were going to do. So that's going on stage uh, beginning August. And then we're looking at a play by Larry Kramer, The Normal Heart. Uh, which will be performed at the end of October, beginning of November. Oh, that, okay. play, well, that play was written in the 80s and addresses the beginning of the AIDS epidemic in New York and the, uh, the lives of the men and the doctor who was a, a female, um, how she uh, discovered uh, she was the first doctor to have to deal with the virus. And it looks at the lives of the, the first men and then the struggles they had trying to get uh, the American uh, government and the mayor of New York and anyone in authority to actually take them seriously, that this was going to turn into uh, a pandemic, which of course it did. So, yeah. Funny. And that's kind of scary how things turn out, you know? 
That's pretty chilling. And that's my my play that needs eight men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so anybody uh, local, if uh, you're looking for a for uh, acting opportunity, feel free to call, uh, to um, uh, text or call Stephen Puddle or message him on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. There we go. So if you start getting a uh, hundred messages your way, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, be great. <laughs> no. Well, there we go. So definitely though, honestly though, if there is anybody who, you know, is interested in uh, these sorts of uh, opportunities, definitely feel free to. Uh, so yeah. where, where can they message you or email you? They can uh, just send an email. Our email is pretty simple. Performers theater Sackville or one, one, you know, all together, no dots or dashes at gmail.com. There we so, go. So yeah, I'll probably put this in our description sample. too. Yep. And we also have a website. They can go on the website, which is just um, performerstheatre.com. Uh, I think it's com. Um, and the they can just go on there and find all the information as well. No, well, there we go. So there's a good uh, opportunity for any of you aspiring actors or uh, a- anyone who's looking for something to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now we'll move into uh, one of the two main topics today, which is uh, what makes a good play? I mean, Stephen, you've done many plays uh, over the years. So uh, uh, in your opinion, I mean, I mean, like, you know, whether it's plays that you've watched or you've done or you've read, what what exactly do you do you uh, find like essential into making a compelling like story? You know, like what would you I think for me, it really just boils down to one thing, and that is how does the script engage the audience? So if you have some script that some writer has wanted to write for years and years and years, and it's got so much verbiage in it that it loses the essence of what the play uh, is about, um, then and it seems like an audience would also lose interest then to me, that's not a good play. Now, having said that, I think there are plays that have ended up being reviewed very well, which are very wordy. And uh, I think that there would be a certain element of the audience that would think, no, thanks. No. <laughs> um, so when I read a script, I look for how it engages me. Uh, does, does it move me? Does it keep me guessing? Does it give me a new understanding on something? Is, is there some educational aspect to it? When we did The Fighting Days by Wendy Lill, that was had a really um, strong educational component because it really showed you what these women went through in Winnipeg. And it showed it too in the sense of what they went through in their relationships with each other and how there were relationships that ended up splitting because one of the suffragettes wanted to go one way and one of the leaders wanted to go another way and they ended up having to part ways. So that was really engaging because it wasn't just about the movement in a general sense, it was about the people involved in the movement and the individual struggles that they had. So I think that's the key thing is is what will an audience uh, feel? And that's not always easy to predict, but is this a play that's gonna draw people in and that Mm. however long the players uh, will engage them for, for that full time. And keep them entertained too, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, where do you fall in on uh, on like uh, runtime and stuff like that? I mean, like you know, um, we were actually talking about uh, about this uh, in a previous episode, uh, talking about do we think three hours is too long for a movie? Like we were we were discussing. They recently announced the new Batman movie is going to be uh, three hours long. We kind of just you know talked on that. Is it yeah. is it too long? Is right. 
three hours too long for a movie or a play? I mean, where I mean, would you find the limit is? I mean, like, you know, to a certain show, like some shows probably d- deserve to be that long. Some of them yeah. don't deserve to be, you know what I mean? Like, w- what's yeah. your opinion? I think it boils down to the same thing. Is a three-hour movie going to engage the audience for the whole three hours? Or as happens in some movies, you get to a point uh, in the script, in the movie, where it seems like it's almost finished, like there's a completion point, and then it has another 30 minutes on it. No, exactly. (laughs) And you think, why did that happen? Um, They could have ended it right here, but they chose to keep going. That's right. So my question again would be, is it going to engage the audience for that amount of time? Now, there are plays that are really long, like Angels in America. Oh, um, yes. Did uh, uh, Nathan Lane do that on Broadway? Is that the one I thought? Um, yes, he did. He yes. did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was made into a movie and had Emma Thompson and all sorts of other big act- actors in it. Um, but that's a very long play. And I would never consider doing it anyway, because some of the special effects um, are, are fairly uh, significant, especially the angel descending. <laughs> but um, <laughs> But yeah, that's really long. And so I would think, nah, that's probably too long. Um, Three hours, that might even be too long for us. But if the script was really excellent and we we thought this is going to keep the audience interested, it's going to push them along, guessing and wondering. And and so long as, too, we've got really top actors to be able to carry it, then I would consider a, a long one. So most of our shows, though, would be in the maximum would be about two and a quarter hours and minimum normally about an hour. If we do uh, a show that just uh, has no intermission in it and it just goes beginning to end uh, and just flows right through. Kind of like a come from away. Have you watched come from away? Yes. The pl- the yeah. Oh, my God. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me about that experience. Like that well, was I mean, uh, do you watch it in New York or, or no I actually just in... saw it on uh, TV yeah. oh my god yes that's right oh, I almost god. forgot they did that Netflix or something can't remember where it was oh, okay yeah because yeah. uh, uh, me and my and my uh, and the uh, membership Valley High School uh, drama club we all went to watch it in, in New York and it was they had no intermission it was about no, almost exactly. two hours long no intermission yeah and I, I even said I said if that was three hours long I would have watched that yeah. Like for just three hours straight, no intermission, you know. Yeah. So what what's uh, what's uh, your take on that show? Like like structured like from be- from uh, beginning to end. Like that's a perfect example there. I thought the actors were brilliant. Um, Wonderful! Oh my yeah, god, it was unbelievable. To in such a, a range and age, um, it, it was amazing. The way that the story was written, at times I found myself getting bored. Um, I did want to try and see it move along a little quicker uh, to to get to um, some of the depth a little bit quicker. But overall, as a show, then I can see definitely why people love it. Um, And it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful story. Uh, Oh, beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful acting. And And you you watch it and you think, wow, you know, these this is what Newfoundland (laughs) <laughs> residents are like this is uh beautiful <laughs> feels like just going home it really yeah. felt like going home exactly uh what's your favorite play ever i mean like you know and and uh what's the reasoning i, I mean like you know whether it's one you did or one that mm-hmm. you read uh um, and then why would you describe and, and like you know the like you know beginning middle to end why did it work and you right. know what made it so amazing <laughs> one of my favorite plays would be the dresser 
uh, by Ronald Harwood. Oh, okay. And, I'm, I'm trying to think if I heard that one before. The original um, uh, movie was done with um, Tom Courtney and Albert Finney. And it was, oh, okay. it was, that was done back in the 80s, I think it was. And then more recently, it was done with Ian McKellar. And I, um, I can't remember who the other actor in it was. The reason why I love the play is because there's such a range of emotion and uh, darkness and light within the whole structure of how the play moves along. Oh, okay. Set, set during wartime. So you've got this whole aspect of World War II that's going on around them. Uh, the difficulties of a, uh, a mobile theatre company that they, they used to have a lot of these in Britain, that uh, they were professional companies that moved from town to town to town uh, and performed. Um, so it's really, it looks at the, uh, the, in those days, they used to have what they called actor managers. And they were the, the, the usually a man who was the person who made all the decision, he was in charge of the company and he was normally the lead actor in all the plays. Uh, so it's about this company and the slow mental disintegration of the, uh, the actor manager, uh, the guy who was his dresser, who saw to him and basically looked after him. And in his decline, as we see on stage, is very much there. But we have all these other layers uh, and these other characters uh, in it, which it's very, it's just dynamic. Mm. So that's probably my favorite without thinking too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, there's just so many good ones. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like uh, for me personally, my favorite play and, 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 the, and, the, and my favorite play that I've ever acted in was uh, Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. Mm-hmm. that one there is it's right. just it's just like from from uh, beginning to end it's like i mean um you really watch the journey go through like like like, like especially where at the start like oscar is just uh, a a slob yeah and then at the very end he's saying to the poker guys hey like you know this is my house you know uh not a pigsty and it felt like a very natural progression you know yeah. him just living with felix and yes. <laughs> losing his mind you know what i mean so yeah. um that's yeah. just a perfect example right there. I mean, uh, are you more into comedy or drama for, for shows? I, I'm into both. Both, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'll do, we, we've done like the supernatural thriller that we did last year and we've done comedy, we've done children's shows, uh, we've done um, like classic theatre. Uh, I have a real desire to do Macbeth at some point. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. And so, yeah, pretty much anything I'll look at. Have you done Shakespeare? Or? No, we haven't. You haven't? Oh, okay. No, Hamlet would be a good one. Yeah. The, the town has had a Shakespeare festival for a number of years, and uh, I had been involved in that, and then uh, closed up for a while. Well, it's just started again. So last year, uh, we also were part of the festival, our theatre company, and they did uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and then this year they're doing Shakespeare again, and we'll be working with them again with our summer show. Um, so the town does have that going on. Wow. Well, no, there, that's, that's something though. That really yeah. is something. I mean, um, yeah, people should come to Sackville because there's a huge amount of artistic work that goes on here. Incredible number of musicians. Uh, we have, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, potters and painters and weavers so much, uh, going on here. And then we've got theater, 
Um, just and, all on top of that. You know what I mean? Like that's, exactly. that's beautiful. Yeah. Like it's, a, yeah. uh, you know, and, um, um, even like going on your website and seeing like all the shows, you know, that you guys have done over the years, I'm like, I got to get to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I really do. And I mean, um, I'm trying to think, um, <laughs> I'm just so, I'm just so blown away by how much, by how much you've done. You know what I mean? All right. Thanks. Um, geez, I can't remember where I was now. <laughs> um, any, any particular uh, playwrights that, uh, I mean, like, you know, like whether it's Neil Simon or uh, George mm -hmm. Kaufman or Norm Foster, any one of those shows in particular that, that are like your favorite? Um, I quite like Ronald Harwood's work. He's a British author. He's written for movies <coughs> as well as the stage. We've done two of his plays. One was The Dresser. Uh, the other one was uh, Quartet about four opera stars who are in sort of a retirement home for um, retired uh, professional op opera singers. It was another one by him. And I think I read another one of his recently. I just can't remember what it is. Um, so he he's a good writer. And I also like Oscar Wilde. I just think his ability to, um, to pull fun at the English uh, moors that was so hypocritical and um, so unjust is just brilliant. Um, yeah. No, well, there. That's and um, one in particular for me that's that that that's uh, an all-time favorite. It's uh, "Rumors" by Neil Simon. Have okay. you ever that one there? Yeah. That one there. It's 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 one of those shows where it, um where it's there. Of course, there, uh, there, uh, there is a plot, but I mean, like, you know, uh, the play is really about just uh, the 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 farcical uh, nonsense that ensues kind of thing. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they're, they they don't want their friend who's who's attempted suicide to to, you know, get involved with a suicide rap and, and the whole thing mm -hmm. just kind of um, despite, you know, one thing after another and then another guest coming and then the cop come, uh, comes in it's one of those shows where, I mean, like, you know, from beginning to end, like, uh, you know, um, like it shows where you're working towards something. I mean, like, you know, I'm not a, a huge fan of certain shows that I'm, that, that are always, uh, they don't really know where they're going, you know, like they're like, okay, one second, this is what we're doing. And then right. next second it's, uh, oh, oh no, actually we've changed goals completely. You know what I mean? I like when they stick to just one, one um goal that they're working towards yeah. you know what i mean like that's yeah. uh what's your opinion on farces like uh, is there any farces or like oh, just ju farce. just straight through comedy like what's your opinion on on those and our so long as it's done well and uh we have one that we we did well we've done a couple um one was called post torn gallop it's a very old well not well when was it written probably back in the 70s or 60s um, it was written by a, a, an actor who was also a writer, Derek Benfield, and uh, it's a lovely script and full of really unusual characters. Um, it's got this wonderful setting of being inside a medieval castle, um, and I, I love farce. Uh, I think it's great. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I think when it uh, when the actors begin to step out of the the farce and interact with the audience so long as it's handled well then that can work too but I have seen shows when after a while it was like they they're stepping out of the show 
became too much. And mm, definitely. It's like, oh, here it comes again. Uh, oh, yes, okay. Well, yeah, we understand that joke now and you can move on. But then they would kind of milk the joke uh, more. So I don't, that, that kind of fast kind of leaves me a bit cold after a while. I mean, those kind of farce too. I mean, like, you know, for me, I, I like farces, but I also like how when there's a story behind it, it's not mm-hmm. so much. It's just, just for two hours, we're just going to oh, yeah, exactly. hit, hit each other on the head and we're going to, yeah. oh, something's going to blow up or something's going to break. I mean, that's why I love rumors so much is that, yeah, sure, it was a farce, but there was a story behind it. Yeah, exactly. And that comes back to, um, would we do it? Is, is that going to be able to engage the audience for two hours? or is it just going to be a lot of slapstick routines that after a while uh, wears thin no absolutely and so yeah so that would be our 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 opinions on what makes a good play talked a little bit about some of our favorite plays feel free to to let us know on instagram or uh wherever you're watching the facebook uh what's your favorite play uh what do you think makes a good play why is your favorite play so great and why do you like it so much feel free to let us know your thoughts on that and um we've talked a little bit about theater and now we're going to talk a little bit about movies yeah, there we go. Steven's also a movie guy. You, you haven't made movies, but you like movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I love movies. I haven't made one. I've been in a couple, but I uh, love them. Oh, oh wait, what? Oh, okay, hold on. We got, you had to tell us about that. <laughs> oh, no, years and years ago. Yeah, no, nothing nothing Hollywood. It was New, in New Zealand. Oh, okay, yes, um, sir. Yeah, when I was, uh, gosh, I guess I was late teens, early 20s. Yeah, just extras. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there, hey, it's still something. It's still yeah. something, you know? <laughs> Theater is really the, the passion. No, there. So uh, what well, we're going to talk about is yeah. uh, standout performances uh, in movies of uh, recent days. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, um, the Oscar nominations uh, were just announced, too. Yeah. So um, not not sure if some people who are who are on your list are Oscar noms, are they, do you know? or uh, Some of them are. Yeah, some of the... the, the um, uh, the movies are, but some of them aren't. Um, I think probably the out of the ones that I've written down, probably Don't Look Up is the only one that's ended up with Oscar nominations. Which I mean, like you know, definitely. I mean, like you know, for the, for those of you uh, or, uh, regular viewers on the show, when uh, Mr. Paul Pedito, uh, Paul Pedito was here, we had uh, done a full length uh, review of uh, Don't Look Up, and it's it's a very polarizing movie for sure. So, did you like No uh, Don't Look Up? Or it did, but it took me a while to try and work out exactly what was going on. But that, I didn't mind that because it kept me involved. No, definitely. I mean, like you, you kind of gotta. Yeah, the first part of it very much kind of tricks you into thinking this is a serious play and at the moment movie. <laughs> that it hits the white house and where i started to feel like it, it i that i realized this is not just a serious this is not a serious kind of thing this is a spoof i think and that was in the hallway when jennifer lawrence and leonardo dicaprio are waiting to try and see the president and there's a um, a guard there um who uh oh he's, he's sort of a little odd but then he goes and gets them water um and charges them for it and, <laughs> oh yes <laughs> and um <laughs> so and then of course it moves into the oval office and that was when i realized oh this is uh this is it's one of those ones you know this is a what direction we're... than i thought uh but i thought it was very clever um the performances I thought uh, 
were engaging and some of them were just fun. So it's fun to watch. And there's like, well, I mean, especially like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, like, you know, it, it took the man years to win an Oscar, but I mean, yeah. like, you know, he, he did get it and he's, you know, yeah. One, uh, one of the best alive, really. So uh, what are some of the ones on your list? We had talked a, a little bit briefly uh, for the show. What are some performances the, of recent days that really stood out to you? Movie, uh, The Dig. Um, the Dig with um, Ralph Fiennes and Carrie Mulligan. That's Voldemort last... from Harry Potter, for those of you who aren't aware mm. of Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> Came out, was either last year or the year before. Uh, excellent acting by those two leads. I don't know if they were in last year's nominations. I can't remember. I think with all that was going on last year, I completely missed the Oscars. Normally it's a, you know. Yeah, last couple of years, I haven't really kept up. Just COVID pushes everything. I'm like, I can't even, I can't keep track of them now. So I don't know if they were up for Oscar nominations last year. They're not this year. Um, And if they weren't last year, then it's a it's a big disappointment because um, they're both excellent actors and Carrie Mulligan uh, just aced it in her role um, as this widow and um, yeah it was amazing. Well, no, that's definitely yeah. and um a uh, uh, one that I actually just watched uh, recently was uh, Tick Tick Boom on Netflix. Have you oh, checked yes. that? Andrew I've Garfield. Oh, and yeah. he and he was just nominated for an Oscar as well too. So yes, I saw that and I thought good because even just watching the trailer of it i thought wow this is this looks pretty powerful fantastic and i mean yeah. like you know for for those of you who also are uh regular viewers of the show know that andrew garfield is my favorite spider-man and so oh, you know nice. i was like <laughs> i was excited to watch this um so uh but as soon as as soon as i checked out i didn't really know like entirely what the premise was but i heard like some people saying you got to check this out you got to check this yeah. out and so i kind of checked it out and i'm like wow as an aspiring creator yeah it hits home. It really, really hits home. And the, the, the performances and uh, it, it, it's based on a true story as well, too. Mm. Uh, it's Andrew just... Garfield, has the range that he brings uh, to that movie, I think, uh, as I say, I haven't seen it all, but just seeing the trailer, I thought, wow, this is pushing him in a very different direction. And no, he, absolutely. He achieves it well. And then, of course, I think he's, he's nominations for Best Actor, isn't it? Uh, best actor, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I even tweeted here uh, this morning. I said, "Is there a petition I signed to get him his Oscar, or like, yes. where is it?" Because uh, like I, <laughs> but I, I guess I can't really say that because yet, because I mean, like, I haven't seen any of the other movies that were nominated, like people who are nominated for best actor. So, right. but that's probably just me being biased because I love the movie so much and he's great. But uh, yeah. who else was on your list? You had a pretty big list, I think, did uh, you? Um, no, I just had four, but. One of the other ones was um, The Good Liar, and that was Helen Mirren and Ian McKellar. Yes, Gandalf. And that was a movie that, <laughs> of course, had a real twist in it. Um, it was started in World War II, but the movie is set in modern day, and it's basically this guy who's a con man and how he abuses this girl uh, back in wartime Germany. And years and years later, the two of them end up meeting. They don't know who each other is, although it turns out actually there is some knowledge there, but I won't give that away because that's the the turning point and crux of the movie. The plot Um, twist. (laughs) Exactly. So again, acting, very good. Very interesting seeing Ian McKellar play a very sort of um, a bad character. (laughs) Very much a sort of a grifter, a... uh, a shark 
he'll get whatever he can any way he can um, doesn't care uh, it was very interesting seeing him that in that kind of role especially uh i, I mean like you know when you watch him and like you know as Gan- gandalf's the one that always stands out to me i mean gandalf right. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong with that but i mean that that just shows what what a terrific actor he is that he can yes. you know change exactly. you, you, uh, you know his tone and stuff like that which yeah. which brings me to my next one uh bob odenker in mm-hmm. the movie nobody have you watched nobody, nobody. it's the new action movie no. well it came out last year bob odenkirk from uh, breaking bad and uh, better call yeah. saul yeah. yeah, he uh, he starred in a in this action movie, like a John Wick kind of uh, style movie called Nobody. Okay, and that was phenomenal. How I mean, like you know, especially if you know Bob Odenkirk, he spent years, you know, writing for Saturday Night Live and uh, Mr. Show, and he was always just known as a funny guy. Right, and then seeing him turn into this, like you know. John Wick type uh, action star was quite okay. the transition. Yes. So it I definitely like, highly uh, yeah. recommend yeah. Nobody if anybody hasn't seen it. It's it's terrific. And Bob Odenkirk, you know, um, of course, the final season of, of Better Call Saul, uh, April 18th. So that's a little plug for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, anything else in 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 the in the movie actor category you didn't have any tv actors did you or just the movies no just the movies um there was supernova was another one um it's a slow movie it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea but the acting by colin firth and stanley tushi um very much understated uh but very good and the the topic is is you know it's quite sober um there are a couple um, one of them is uh, being diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and it looks at the days leading up to um, the point where he really starts to lose it. Uh, and so it really looks at their relationship. So it's not a, a movie for everyone, um, but just to see those two guys um, acting together, acting off each other, acting uh, from the script and how they interpret their roles, uh, it's really special. No, definitely. And I mean, like, you know, there's definitely still lots more movies to come as well, too, in the coming uh, in the coming uh, weeks and months. And uh, I, I've also said this before, uh, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Uh, have you watched Spider-Man or have you ever kept up with any? Uh, I, yeah, I've seen them in Spider-Man. No yeah. Way Home. You watched No Way Home, right? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. The new one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the new one. No, I haven't seen him in the new one. He was in one one of the early Spider-Mans. Yeah, and he uh, and, uh, reprises yeah. his role in the new one, A No Way oh, Home. Oh, okay. All yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, no spoilers, I guess I probably should have checked with you before I... <laughs> uh. <laughs> good thing. It, well, it's a good thing I found out now and didn't outright spoil anything, but uh, Willem Dafoe, I will say, stole the show. Oh, really? And yes. I consistently say, I'm like, let's just get another solo Willem Dafoe Green Goblin movie like you know we got to get that are you a fan of Willem Dafoe in in anything else have you um he always um amazes me at what he does oh he's he's phenomenal really wide range and the number of times I've sat there and and looked at the credits and it's like oh Willem Dafoe's in this one as well (laughs) (laughs) just seems to pop up all over the place He's almost like he's, um um like who's an actor who's in like uh lots of stuff nowadays uh or like a du- uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson like he's yes, in like yes. every single action movie yeah. ever made now exactly. or, <laughs> or John Cena too John Cena's made quite a name for himself yeah. as well 
you know, there are there are those ones that keep uh, popping up. Toby Maguire is another one. Yep. No, that's <laughs> true. He's made a big comeback. All the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. We're just talking about the other Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. Now Toby Maguire is slowly making, uh, you know, no, I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar yet for anything. No, I but I mean, who knows? So. I'm sure he's got yeah. he's got a couple uh, under his belt. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have uh, anyone else on your list? No, that's um, those are, that's my list. Oh, there. So, who are you rooting for at the Oscars? We'll, we'll. Uh... I've got to go back and look at the list again. I only looked at it um, this morning for the first time because it suddenly hit me. Oh, the list is out, and um, <laughs> so I'd have to go through the list again uh, to try and find out. I was a little surprised that House of Gucci didn't get any nominations whatsoever. Um, I thought that that would have. But um, but yeah, I'm going to go back to the list and, and look at it more carefully. There's just so many. It's hard to keep some track of, of them all. Some of the movies I've seen, some of them I haven't, but I've seen the trailers. Um, and then there are some that I've not even heard of. Yeah. No, well, definitely. And I mean, like, you know, lots more movies to come and lots more TV shows to come, you know, in the coming weeks and months. Yep. And so mm -hmm. uh, lots to look forward to. That's for sure. As yeah. we uh, as we. Move into the lighter days ahead. So uh, definitely feel free to leave uh, your thoughts and opinions. What are some of the standout performances that you guys have seen in movies? Like whether it's movies or TV, definitely feel free to give us uh, your thoughts and opinions. And um, so as we're going to wrap up here, Stephen, do you have any final words just before we close this thing off? Any plugs or? Uh... Well, just of course for for our theatre company here. <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> Come and support us. Uh, I guarantee that you won't leave disappointed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I'll have to uh, get down there sometime. Uh, yeah, do. sometime in May or yeah. June or um, uh, August when you do your uh, yeah. next shows. Exactly. Yeah, and again, you can find us on the web, performerstheatre.com, uh, and you can see everything there. No, well, there we go. And uh, for uh, acting opportunities, uh, you know, for uh, any of you, Stephen wants to get the show done with uh, the eight men. So, yep. uh, <laughs> so definitely uh, reach out to him. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of people around here. They might be messaging me afterwards yes. saying, what's that guy's, you know, <laughs> how do you get a hold of him? Yeah. So, uh, so, so thank you very much, everyone. That'll be the show today. I want to thank uh, Stephen Puddle uh, for agreeing to come on here today and uh, taking time out of his busy, busy schedule. You just have had a rehearsal this morning, eh? Like uh, uh, just before First we first read through for the uh, show we're doing in May. We don't start rehearsals for a month or so, but we wanted to bring the cast and uh, that the roles had just been announced. So we wanted to bring them all back together just to meet and do one read through of the play. So they got a sense of how they fitted into the whole thing. Yep. No, well, there we go. So that's something, uh, something to look forward to. Absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, I appreciate, you know, uh, things are really picking up for you guys there. And now with, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, things will be, things will only go up from here. So yep. I'm really excited to see what you guys do. And uh, I'll definitely try thank and make you. sure I get up to Sackville too. Right. <laughs> One of these days. So thank you for watching the show, everybody. We'll see you next uh, Tuesday. Um, feel free to, uh, to follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, whether you're watching this on Spotify or, or Apple podcasts. Uh, thank you very much. Or YouTube. Um, so yep, uh, big thank you again to Steven. Thanks for coming on and uh we'll see you guys next time. Okay. Thank you, Steven. Bye. -bye.